David, I have to tell you about the maybe unluckiest guy who's ever lived. That's okay. That's there's a lot of unlucky stuff that's happened. Yeah. So I imagine like this is gonna have to be pretty extreme. All right, I'm probably gonna have to scale it back. Not the unluckiest guy who's ever lived, but he's had a bad run over the past few years. His name's Dylan McWilliams, and um, if you haven't heard of him, you're in the same boat as I was uh, up until a couple days ago. He was actually in the news over the past couple years, but it kind of flew outside of my radar. Uh, so back in April, he was vacationing in Hawaii. Doesn't sound unlucky right now. No, and he was bitten by a, sh- a shark. That sounds unlucky. Yeah, so he was he was out in the waters, and uh, he was surfing, and he said he felt something hit his leg and looked down, and there was a bunch of blood. First of all, I don't. I, if I were bitten by a shark... I can't imagine it would feel like a hit. <laughs> Wouldn't it feel more like like burning or, I don't know, I just think of like... Like a saw? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm getting queasy. <laughs> so, okay, okay, t- t- okay, tone back the gore. Let's yeah. tone back the gore. Okay, okay, okay here's... I've, I've actually heard a shark bite being described as a bite a couple times because I've been known to, to Shark Week a little. Like, I'm not a huge Shark Week guy, but I've... I've done Shark Week a little bit, yeah, and uh, they describe it that way. It's like an impact. It's like being hit by, uh, by a football player. So I think that's interesting. But I'm with yeah. you. It sounds more like the, the saw, like the, the, the shark teeth have like saw blades kind of in there, and I imagine that would be more like a, a tearing, ripping, yeah. just tear that muscle right from your body kind of a, that kind of a thing. Okay. And sawing into your bones. Okay. All right. Wake me up. <laughs> Okay, I, whew, I need a breather. Okay, all right. But, I mean, okay, who among us has not been attacked by one wild animal, right? <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I have a story uh, involving a, a pack of animals. What? A swarm. Oh, yeah, I know the story. I know the story. I know the story. <laughs> I'll share it some other point. No, okay. Some other point. Let's, let's focus on Dylan, okay? It has to do with him rolling on the ground, though, so it's pretty great. I was rolling a lot. Uh, so, so... Okay, so Dylan, shark attack a couple months ago. Well, a few months before that, he, uh, or sorry, the, the summer before that, so summer 2017, he was out camping and uh, he was actually working as a, an instructor teaching survival skills, so kudos to him for this. He woke up uh, basically with his head inside a bear's mouth. What? Yeah, in his words... Um, he was sleeping one night, and a bear showed up at the campsite. He said, and then it pulled me into his mouth, and it grabbed me with its teeth right back here as he pointed to the back of his head. When it pulled, oh, queasy time, it tore the skin and scraped along my skull, which was like the cracking noise that I heard. Ugh. So basically, <laughs> a bear uh, bit his head and broke it. It broke his head with his teeth. Uh, I, I don't mean to find this funny, but the thought that this guy is in the ocean and like shark attacks are super rare. Like we always hear about the shark attacks that happen, just like we always hear about a plane crashing because they're super, super rare. So not only does this guy get attacked by a shark, but the year before he was attacked by a bear. That's crazy to me. In the tent. Like bears don't go into tents usually. Yeah. While he's an instructor teaching survivors survival skills. Did he survive the bear attack? He did. Okay. He I should get a raise. Not only a raise, yes, he should be promoted. He should be, like, doing this all over the country. I wonder if the people taking the class were like, wow, this is, like, a great demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, okay, they're taking notes as he's being dragged away by the bear. I'm, yeah, there's some guy who, like, 
it's his thing to go to these survival camps, right? He's all about the survival. <laughs> He's like, wow, this is the most lifelike one I've ever encountered. He's live-tweeting it. Yeah. Okay. Who among us has not been attacked by two wild animals? All right. Par for the course around here. Well, you got him beat. You were attacked by a swarm. Yeah. Okay. Well, poor Dylan. Not only was he uh, bitten by a shark yeah. and uh, nearly consumed by a, a bear. Sure. Uh, but a few years before that, while hiking in the great state of Utah, was bitten by a rattlesnake. So. Made up. <laughs> this has to be made up. This guy is attention seeking. He, I'm sure he took like a fork, removed two of the prongs, and was like, bam, self-jammed. And he gave himself a little poke in the calf. I don't know. I mean, I believe he was actually bitten, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he's just after the spotlight. And I he's mean, like, he's angling for his own like reality TV show where every right? week he gets destroyed by some other right? animal. He's like, Bear Grylls got nothing on this. Watch me actually get bit by a snake. I've actually ended up in a bear's grill. <laughs> This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only podcast in the world featuring a couple of guys talking about sports and guys that get attacked by everything. I'm David. I'm here with Anthony Montague, my brother-in-law, my friend. We lived together for a while and we still want to hang out. It's crazy that it worked out that way, but it did. Here we are. You can catch us on iTunes. What's that face for? Oh, no, yeah. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Wow, okay. Well... There you go. So find us at subjectivelycorrect.com. If you haven't subscribed to our uh, our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, please do that now. Um, you'll get all of our content. We're trying to expand some things. We're going to bring you Dave's Hot Take Minute um, in the middle of the week and hopefully bring you some more good content. And uh, you can hit us up with an email at subjectivelycorrect.com. We love to hear from our fan. So send that uh, feedback for us. We still want to hear from you. What do you like to hear about on the show? What have you liked? What have you not liked? And what crazy news stories have you run into? Because I know this may surprise people, but our research and, and uh, our research department, um, are, we're also the hosts. Highly underpaid. Yeah, tell me about it. Man, let's go iTunes and Google Play. Get on that. But we're excited about today's show. A lot to tackle, a lot to get into. Uh, Speaking of tackle. <laughs> how are you so bad at this? Segway. This is the 11th episode we've done. And you're still so bad at it. <laughs> okay, okay. Hurts so good. Uh, but we're not Speaking doing... of Jalen Hurts. Uh, college football is second. We're okay. doing that second. Right. We're doing something else first. Sorry. So you can uh you're not exactly putting a feather in your cap with that. That's how it's done. So Colin Kaepernick, right? Oh cap. You didn't get that when I did it? Okay. The capped crusader. <laughs> we may never get to sports. Okay. Okay. So Colin Kaepernick is in the news again because football. What did he kneel on this time? What did you just say? I said, what did he kneel on this time? Still didn't get it. A what? What did he kneel on this oh, time? Oh, what did he kneel on? Okay. <laughs> he kneeled on the Nike logo. Mm. And Nike said... Please, sir, may I have another? And they gave him some money for it, right? So Nike surprised everyone. Oliver plot, plot twist. <laughs> this is going to be the bad pun episode. <laughs> what are we doing? Okay. Okay, focus, Dave. Focus. Get through the bad puns. You can do this. All right. So Colin Kaepernick 
Nike deal. He was never removed from their endorsement list. He was always getting paid. And this year, 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign, and Colin Kaepernick's face is all over it. So his ad campaign, his slogan is, believe in something, even if it costs you, or even if you need to sacrifice everything. And that you know makes sense to me to have an athlete endorse something like that, because like we've talked about in previous episodes, social causes have been a part of sports for a long time for a long time and Colin Kaepernick is just the newest iteration of this and I think this is important because he is in currently in a collusion case against the NFL and so now the official apparel provider of the NFL Nike has an ad featuring Colin Kaepernick and they're paying him millions of dollars and the NFL is not right now how do you feel Anthony that the NFL is reacting to what appears to be Nike one of their partners taking Colin Kaepernick's side when they literally have a like a legal issue with Colin Kaepernick going right now. Yeah, I, I have to say this is probably like a punch in the gut uh, to the NFL. Like if I'm an NFL owner... Sorry, I was I, waiting for a pun. <laughs> oh, no, this is serious Anthony right now. Okay. I've never met him. <laughs> well, he's around. Uh, yeah, I, I, if I'm an NFL owner, I have to be extremely upset with, with Nike. And I'm going to call a meeting with the other owners, and we're going to talk about this because there's nothing wrong with, with, with Nike promoting players, and even nothing wrong with promoting players who are you know kneeling during the national anthem. But I think uh, because of the lawsuit, it's, it's really put the NFL in a position where it's Kaepernick versus NFL. And so to the extent you side with Kaepernick, you're implicitly siding against the NFL, right? Or maybe, maybe even explicitly. Right? In, in a way, yeah. I mean, but we also have the Nike's just a business trying to be a business, and the same way the NFL's just trying to be a business. You know what I mean? So there's that side to it too. Yeah. No, I, I, to- I totally get all that. But in a business, you don't necessarily want to offend your partners, one of your biggest partners. And that makes right? sense. Um, and so, so there's a couple, couple of things I want to uh, talk about with this. Uh, one, uh, we kind of hit on it. You know. It, is this partnership in jeopardy? And is this the right move by Nike from a financial standpoint? I don't think any of us is smart enough to know what the uh, what the sales are going to be like under this Kaepernick brand. You know me. I think I know exactly what's going to happen, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but Nike is a public company, right? So I can go buy shares of Nike right now. And a lot of people have sold shares of Nike today. Right? I think there's, last I checked, their stock was down like 3%. Well, if Twitter is any indication, and that guy, that former Marine who posted a picture of him cutting the Nike logo off of his basketball <laughs> shorts, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of, let's say this, a lot of vocal people yeah. are upset with, with this decision. But you have a lot of people who are vocally in support of it as well. And I think most of the people are just not vocal about it or don't care, right? But if you're a public company like Nike and you choose to endorse an athlete who is very divisive, whether he should be or shouldn't be, that's a different issue, right? The fact is, in the media, he's portrayed as someone who's very divisive. Yeah. Okay? As a public company, the board, right, the management, they have an obligation, they have a duty to the shareholders of the company to maximize profits, right? To do what's in the best interest of the company. And so, if... In a week, in a month, in a year, stock hasn't rebounded or gets worse, um, and and the only thing they can point to is is this endorsement of Kaepernick. 
Do you think they do a 180? Uh, I'm interested to see how this all plays out, right? I think, in my, my opinion, my subjectively correct opinion, I think that it's not going to really matter at the end of the day. I don't think it's going to have a big effect on sales one way or the other. Nike's a massive company, yeah. and this is a very small portion, and the, the amount of people actually paying attention to this is really small as well, right? You think so? I think so. I mean, I think, I think people are aware of it, but I think like, okay, how many times have you ever bought a piece of clothing because of a political policy? Because you felt one way or another about a person. Like, like... Does Ninja Turtle underwear count? Because when I was younger, I got Ninja Turtle underwear. I don't feel like that was a political statement, but I did like Raphael. Yeah, how often have politics influenced your buying decisions? Oh, never once. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I guess if there was a company that was like pro-murder, I would probably <laughs> I would probably avoid that company. Well, what are they murdering? That's true. Good point. I feel like this is a topic we could go into, but I don't really want to. Okay. Says the guy who <laughs> joked about putting people in his attic. Sure. I think it was basement. Was it attic? I don't remember. I, I... Either way, there's dead bodies somewhere around here. There's a stench I cannot get rid of. <laughs> so... We're just going to, okay, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, okay, power through that, okay. Yeah, I remember I did, like, I think you, I think people buy products or apparel um, because of endorsements. Like, I remember buying Reeboks when I was little because Shaq was a Reebok athlete and I loved Shaq. Yeah. And so I bought, I, I pleaded with my parents to buy Reeboks, right? And maybe I'm just, like, not plugged into the, the movement that's really behind Kaepernick. But, like, is there a big following of Kaepernick? Because here's the thing. Like, Nike's always been about athletic excellence, right? Bo Jackson, he excelled at two sports and was, you know, the most, one of, one of if not the most dominant football players in his peak. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Andre Agassi, Pete Sampras, all these former Nike athletes were at the very top of their profession at one point in time. They were the face of Nike at one point in time. And now Nike's the face of their brand. I mean, they still got a bunch of other athletes, but they're promoting him, at Colin Kaepernick, as the face of their brand. A guy who, at his best, was what, a top 15 quarterback? I mean, there was a stretch where he was really good, but that was like a three-week stretch. I mean, like half a season, right? The, well, he, yeah, and he, and he took the, the Niners to a Super Bowl, and they probably could have or should have won that Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I think... You could have made the argument Alex Smith maybe would have taken them there as well. They had a really good team around him, right? Yeah. But it, a good it, defense. The yeah. defense really but, pulled but that team along. But we don't we don't have a we don't have an example here of sustained excellence, right? He he got very hot. He had a good. I mean, even if you want to be generous and say he had a good season and a half, yeah. Um, okay, but that doesn't get you the face of Nike, right? right. So so now Nike's saying athletic excellence okay but we're we're siding with Kaepernick on the stance and we feel like because of this political stance that he's taken and I don't even know that it's really political I don't think the issue he's talking about really should be political but but it's become political because of this stance we're promoting him right regardless of the athletic excellence right and I, and here's the thing for me on this topic T uh, Nike stuck with Tiger Woods right through his scandal, through his bad play, through his injuries, and now it's paying dividends because Tiger Woods is back and he's still the most exciting player in golf, even though he's not winning. And Kaepernick is kind of the same thing. He's a Nike athlete. He had a couple years where he was taking his team to Super Bowls and stuff, and things were looking good. 
then he goes out of the league, but he's still getting a ton of a ton of attention, and people still follow and love Colin Kaepernick and support his cause. Players are still still kneeling during the national anthem to protest the same things he did for equality and, and to end police brutality against people of color and things like that. So that is still in the consciousness. And every time someone kneels for the flag, which is going to keep happening, or not for the flag, but every time someone kneels to protest something, whether it's equality, whether it's police brutality, whatever the, it is that they're they're protesting, people are going to think of Colin Kaepernick. This is a brilliant move by Nike because Colin Kaepernick is going to continue to be in the news cycle and this idea of standing for something has become more and more acceptable in today's uh, media for sports. I mean, look at Stephen Curry. Look at LeBron James. What they have done and said has not affected their brand ability at all. At all. In fact, it's made them more marketable, if you ask me, to certain markets. And that market is growing and getting bigger and stronger and more vocal. And that's what's going to happen with Colin Kaepernick. Well, okay, but but with all of those other athletes you've said... There's that athletic excellence, right? Stephen Curry, league MVP twice, right? LeBron James, widely considered the best player in the sport. Because he is. I, I could I could make the argument that in spite of what they're saying, because they're so good, they're able to move product, right? And, and so, so it'll, that's why I think it's just going to be interesting to see what what this what this line what this product line does, how Nike does over over the next you know little bit. And, and just to kind of. My argument on this is based a lot on what Colin Kaepernick's jersey sales did when he was no longer in the league. He was the top-selling jersey after he stopped playing for a while. And that's crazy. And that's because people did support him and supported his causes and things like that. And people are going to continue to support him. And Mm -hmm. this is going to bring um, a surge, a renewed surge of attention to him and his causes. So I think this is a brilliant move by Nike, and I think it'll pay off. Especially if Colin Kaepernick comes to them and says, hey, guys, guess what? I've really got this collusion case down and on lock. So the NFL is going to have egg on their face. I'm going to come out of this spot clean. And you're going to be a you're going to have a Nike sponsored athlete who has been justified yeah. by what's going on in the courtroom. We'll see. We'll see. I, 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 still, I still think he's, he's divisive enough that I don't know if he's bringing in more people than he's driving away. Yeah. And, and only the numbers will be able to tell. You know what I mean? And, and even that, that then, who knows? Now. Yeah. Even then, who knows? Because like I said, people buy things they like. Like... I'm shallow. I, I'm I'm honest enough to admit that I'm shallow when it comes to my appearance, right? Like I buy things that I think look good on me, right? <laughs> which is which is most things. I think you'll agree, David, right? I think you look great right now. Thank you. Wow. Totally was not fishing for that. Um, okay. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I buy things if I think they look good on me. Are right? those gold-toed or, socks? They are. They fit nice. They do. Are they compression socks or just regular dress socks? Just regular. Yeah, they look pretty good. Okay. Where'd you get that shirt? Okay, I think I'm done talking about that. Okay. <laughs> and so, at the end of the day, whether it's a Kaepernick product or not, I I think most people are going to be buying a shirt, a shoe, a wristband, whatever it may be, because they like the look or feel of it, right? And the fact that it's Kaepernick or it's Woods or it's James or it's Curry. Um, I don't know how much of that is fact is factored in, and I don't really know how they measure that. I'm not this you know, economic statistician person who can figure all this out. I took two economics courses in high, in college, yeah. and that was it. So don't ask me economics questions. I'll talk to you yeah. about bread and butter. Here, here's my, here's well, one. Wait, 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 butter and guns. Yeah, is that the thing? Butter and guns, guns and butter. The old economics thing where they're like, is it better to have guns or butter? Because you're talking about like food production versus like 
wartime production in a country and what's better for the for the people and the economy and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think you're speaking to a very small portion of our fan right now. <laughs> yeah, the part of our fan that went to econ? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Here's, here's one thing I will criticize about the Nike campaign. Um, the slogan. Just the... <laughs> Sometimes I, I and I, I don't have it up. I don't have it word for word, but it's you know sometimes believing in something means sacrificing everything. Yeah, it's it's believe in something, even if it means sacrificing okay. everything. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything, and then it's Kaepernick's face, right? W- w- implying that he has sacrificed everything. Um, well, I don't, I don't think that's true, and I think the this this endorsement is proof positive that it's not true because he was still making millions of dollars every year yes yeah yeah that's true um that's true but he did uh, chris bosh and I'm, this will all come together i promise yeah. chris bosh still wants to get into the league and play even though doctors from the nba from the miami heat and other independent doctors have told them you might die not just from blood clots but if you're playing on blood thinners and you take an elbow if you take a dwight howard elbow to the face and you bleed out we might not be able to save you right and he says, I still want to go back and play. He's a father, and he loves being a father. But he loves basketball so much, and he loves he, – he worked his entire life to get to the NBA and be at the top level of the NBA, and he was there. He could taste it. And his game translates so well to today's NBA. He could make an immediate championship impact on a team today. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's willing to make that sacrifice to go there and play. So that is a lot. I mean, he has sacrificed a lot, but I agree with you. It's not like he's been Nelson Mandela. Well, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, oh. I feel bad. I feel bad Ooh. now. I shouldn't. Oh, I, okay. My diva. I know. Too soon. I, I, I feel bad. Okay. But I, mostly because I, I have huge respect for. No, I. I just. Okay, I'm done. I never mind. <laughs> say, make here, words. Here, go. Here's one thing I'll say. If 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 it were Cam Newton who had engaged in the protests, Cam Newton would still be in the league. He is still in the league, obviously. But Kaepernick would still be in the league if he were of the talent of Cam Newton, right? So I don't know. Right? Are you telling me that like if Aaron Rodgers starts protesting tomorrow that they're he's not going to have a job next year? Oh no, he he could he could kill somebody and have a job the next yeah. day. Yeah. And so I don't think I don't think it's fair to pin his lack of employment in the NFL solely on believing in something. I think the fact that he had poor performance leading up to this, right? I mean, he was a backup at that point, right? Well, he's backing up Alex Smith. Ba- well, no, it was post Alex Smith. There. Oh, he's backing up somebody. I yeah, I mean, he he had already Coming played himself. Injuries. I think he had already played himself out of the starting job, or maybe it was because he was injured. And so it's not like we're talking about, you know, he was he was at the peak of his career, and he was you know set to make you know I don't know a record-setting deal or anything, right? He was a backup, and teams have decided whether or not it was you know there was any collusion involved do not to, to not employ me. him do, I, I know there are many worse quarterbacks who have okay you, i was going to pull that list out yeah, the list but, is long and it is hilarious all i'm saying is if there was a team that thought that the one thing separating them from a super bowl is Colin Kaepernick he'd be on that team so staying with football for a minute we had the first weekend of college football uh, I think it was a it was an okay opening weekend. There weren't that many marquee matchups, but some of the uh, some of the the better matchups. Uh, you had LSU win over Miami. Um, so I mean, was LSU underrated? I think they were ranked I don't know somewhere in the twenties in the AP top twenty five poll. And Miami was ranked eight. Yeah, and 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 LSU. 
Uh, it's not that they looked that much better than Miami, but they did dominate them for for a portion of the game and ended up winning. So gives I think just gives more credence to what we were saying before. These these preseason polls are bogus. Why do them? And we haven't even seen these guys play a game. We haven't seen them compete against anybody. Yeah. So it's like, how are we making? I guess you can look at recruiting classes and things like that, and performance from the other year, and the coaches and their schedule and stuff like that. But man, you just don't know until you get on the field. Yeah, and that's why they play the game. But yeah, you have a few cases. Chris Berman reference. <laughs> you have a few cases. Miami being one of them. Washington another. Michigan another. Where these these ranked teams lose the first week, and they're still in the top twenty-five, right? And that's going to influence the voters at some point. What did I? <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel bad for him because you know one of the big things is he doesn't the have coach his guys formerly yet. known as Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Ooh, it just got cold in here. Yeah. Ooh. And dark from the shade. I think Jim Harbaugh has like a three-year shelf life wherever he goes. Mm. Right? I think I think he that's gets, been his mo. He gets in a place. He gets he, you know it's all raw raw, a little bit too much raw raw, not enough X's and O's, and the players follow him. They get excited, but then I think I think you just start to tune him out after a little while. I think I think he saw at Stanford. You know, well that that you know maybe the players weren't responding to him. He goes to the Niners after a few seasons. He comes in lots of success right away. And then it starts to go down. So what does he do? He jumps ship to, to Michigan. Goes to Michigan with a bang. But then over the last like 18 games, he's 9-9. Nine and nine. It's not been good. And so well, I, I just wonder if he has a short shelf life. The big, big thing a lot of college coaches say and a lot of excuses that people make for their teams is he, ha- he doesn't have his guys yet. Right? He started recruiting three years ago, and now the guys he started recruiting are juniors and seniors, and they're playing every day. So now he has his guys, and it's his time to – that's bogus. That's so bogus because yeah. so many of these coaches are there for three or four years and they're gone. And there's so much turnover in college football now. Even the great coaches um, are leaving. So I don't know. It's weird. You know who else should probably, you know, hide for a little bit is uh, Nick Saban. Oh, my favorite curmudgeon. Oh, man. Curmudgeon is right. So his interaction with ESPN's Maria Taylor didn't go over very well with people. He was uh, he was Greg Popovich. <laughs> Without the Greg Popovich charm. Without the charm. <laughs> yeah. So if you're gonna if you're gonna Popovich, Popovich the correct way, and the correct way to Popovich is to be charming. Yeah. We love Popovich. We yeah. love him. So you're so you're referring to the post game interview. Oh, he, and in the middle of the. Oh, and don't get me started on these interviews, yeah. okay? Like the coach doesn't want to be there. You know what he's gonna say? He's gonna say, uh, execute, uh, uh, defense. Uh, oh, we yeah. had a. Blah, blah, blah. It's it's just garbage. It's no and like this NBA inside tracks. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like you listen to the huddle, and it's never like, okay, we're going to run this play where we set the screen over here, get the corner. It's never anything interesting like that. Yeah. It's always like, come on, guys, fourth quarter. We got this game. Let's do this. And then when they go to actually talk basketball, which would be interesting for real fans, it cuts away to the other guys saying, all right, guys, check this out. we got to want it. Do you want it? We need to want it. And everyone's like, yeah, we want it. Actually, they're just sitting there going, blah, blah, blah. Get to the X's and O's because yeah. that's what the players care about. So anyway, these sideline interviews are all garbage. They don't mean anything. David, you don't get anything David, out of David, it David, unless David, you're Greg Popovich, David, David, and then David, you get some funny, charming David. old man stuff, and we love Greg Popovich. David, I think it's been well documented that the team who wins is the team who wants it more. Oh, gosh. And so if a coach doesn't tell them to want it, how are they supposed to know? So you were referring to Nick Saban. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So so, so the, the, the controversy, controversy in question. Curmudgeon. Question mark. Was uh, yeah, so so Maria Taylor interviews him, asks him, you know, what did you learn about your quarterbacks tonight? There had been a big uh, debate: who would be Alabama's starting quarterback? Is it going to be? Oh, here we go. Two- okay, okay, I'm, okay, I'm psyching you up for this. I'm your hype man. You got this. Okay. You got this. Read it letter by letter. Take a second and then nail it. Okay, the floor is yours. Go. 
Tua Tagavailoa. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Actually, no. I think that was pretty close. Yeah, Tua Tagavailoa. Can I try the next one? Can I try the next one? Yeah, or? Dalen Herps. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. is that how you say so, that? So Tua, Tua was the hero of last year's national championship. Saved the game, man. Uh, game where By Alabama, the way, Clemson should have won that, but one of their safeties Georgia. made it. Georgia, my bad. Georgia should have won that game, but one of their safeties just made a big bonehead mistake. Yeah. So, anyway. So, so yeah, Alabama won. Non-sequitur. <laughs> Won the national championship with Tua coming in the game, relieving Jalen Hurts, who was just not performing well, and Tua led them to victory. And so Jalen had the starting job for I think all over most of last season. Yeah, and in fact, the first I think the first um, serious action that uh, Tua saw I'm not going to mess with that last name. Yeah, uh, the first action that he saw was in the national championship game. There were a lot of people that were learning who Tua Tagovailoa was Ooh, nice. just based off of just watching the national championship game, which is crazy. Yeah. And so so the question was, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Uh, Nick Saban named Tua, but they both ended up playing in the game. And uh, Tua had, had a much better game. Uh, Jim Lee didn't have a bad game by any means, but he just wasn't as sharp as Tua. And so uh, ESPN's Maria Taylor asked Nick Saban after the game, you know, what have you learned about your quarterbacks? Was this at halftime or after the game? I, I think forgot. it was after. Oh, so it was on the field, but it was after the game. Yeah, okay, you're I right. think yeah, so. Yeah. Um, she asked him, what have you learned about your quarterbacks? Uh, and he he basically says, well, I think they're both still good. And then he and then he kind of <laughs> goes into Saban rage mode. Yeah, which is, which is Popovich without the charm. Yeah. And he says... Uh, good old Popovich. <laughs> he says... You know, I, I don't know why you keep asking me these questions about the quarterbacks wanting to get me to say something bad about one of them. I'm not going to do it, so stop asking me. And it's like, whoa, whoa, curmudgeon alert. Yeah. Curmudgeon level was at nine. And I think, okay. I, curmudgeon. I, I see both sides of this. I think he was he was, oh, he was, was wrong to to act that way, right? It wasn't the right tone. It wasn't, a, it, he, was, he was acting a little childish. Hey, stop doing your job. You just stop that right now. At the same time... No more doing your job. At the same time, I do think it is the coach's responsibility Curmudgeon. to defend his players to the media at every chance he gets, right? And Jalen Hurts, by all accounts, is is an awesome... I mean, he's an awesome player. He really is. He helped lead Alabama to a national championship, just was pulled out in the final game, and and was a really good sport about it. He was cheering on his teammate. He was cheering on Tua and the rest of his teammates in the national championship game. And by all accounts, he's been a good sport about about supporting Tua in, in the starting role so far this year. Uh, and so just because one player is starting over another, Saban doesn't want the media to bait him into trashing Jalen Hurts, right? And I think it's obvious how Nick Saban feels because he's starting Tua. Like, I think, I think the question didn't need to be asked. Right, because obviously the play speaks for itself, and who's playing, who's getting most of the minutes, who's starting, that answers the question. So I, I do think it was a bit of an unfair question. So you're saying that while Maria Taylor is within her rights to do her job and ask a question like that, the question that everyone is wanting to be asked, which I think is the question everyone was asking during this game, the game was a blowout, everyone knew what Alabama was going to win, really it came down to who's going to be Alabama's quarterback, because that's going to play out for the rest of the season, right? So you don't follow her for asking that question. But you also don't fault Nick Saban for his reaction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think both were acted, yeah, within their rights. I think Nick Saban could have toned it down a little bit. Curmudgeon. And I think maybe the question could have been worded a little bit differently. Like, do you expect Tua to continue starting moving forward, right? As opposed to, what have you learned about both of them, right? I, th- I think there's just a better way. Both sides could have done a little bit better. 
and uh, this is a non-controversy. This, this is one of those things that gets hey, blown out of proportion. Hey, this is Alabama football. We're going to talk about it. Roll Tide. I ride with Saban. Go for it. I mean, I won't. Dude's a curmudgeon. He's Popovich without the charm. Non-charm Popovich. Wow, that's a novel phrase. I should coin it. Non-charm pop. All right, and, and now it's the uh, it's a segment that our fan has been clamoring for, making its appearance for the third week in a row. It's David's Hot Take Minute. David, I'm not going to do some crazy sound effects. You know, this segment does not need any more gimmicks, okay? I don't, I don't. Are you saying I'm gimmick enough? I'm saying that this, what you're doing is Marconi worthy. That's the... Uh, that's who's the, that's who's the, Marconi? Isn't that a guy from Batman? Uh, Oh, that's Falcone. Falcone? Falcone? Macaroni. On your mark. Get set. Go. Ravens coach John Harbaugh said that the Kiko Alonso situation where he was staggering over to the wrong sideline, he seemed a little out of it. It was pretty funny. Dude, probably not the right time to make CTE jokes. I mean, seriously, that's not a good thing. Uh, Someone had a sign. I love college football season for the sign. Someone had a sign that said, I had a better sign, but Urban Meyer covered it up. Ooh, burn. There's a soccer player from South Korea who avoided getting into the military because he won a gold medal in Asian soccer. Like, man, talk about having more on the line than just a championship in your career. Hey, if you don't win, you might get blown up. Sweet. Oh, that's just craziness. I'm so glad that he's not doing that. Uh, Also, the guy that did the Pinocchio sign with the Pinocchio nose of Urban Meyer, that's a good one too. I love that. Uh, Let's see. This is not a good hot take minute, I promise. I promise it's not good. All right, the shot that Roger Federer had around the net, did you see that? Yeah. No, Krigo saw it too, and he just opened his mouth. He's like, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, right now, Messi leads La Liga in goals, assists, shots, chance created, most dribbles, most take-ons completed, and most successful through balls. He is the best player of all time. He is the GOAT. Also, wait, what do you want me to do now? This is Dave's T- Hot Take Minute. Time, is that time? Okay, time, I, was wondering, I time. didn't know what the signal was. I didn't know what the signal was. Dave's Hot Take Minute. dun 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 that was the worst hot take minute we've done. I'm sorry. Well, we technically didn't do that. Oh, cool. <laughs> big of you, man. Really big of you. I'm sorry. We were in a hurry, right? I didn't write anything down. I mean, considering that was pretty much off the cuff, I'm proud of myself. Yeah, I think that was um, above mediocre. Whatever. Okay, let's move on. So, a new segment that I'm really excited about. Okay, it's not Dave's Hot Take Minute levels of awesome, but it's pretty great. This is the Sneaky Good Golfer of the Week. Wait, Sneaky Good Golfer of the Week? Huh? Huh? No, we'll keep working. Should should we cut that and just use it over and over again? Yeah, and we need to find a way to get your jazz hands that you did at the end. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm really, most of my performance is hands. Um, Huge. This week's Sneaky Good Golfer is Bryson James... Aldrich DeChambeau. Fanfare. Editor, if we can get some fanfare right there, that'd be great. No, I want some real fanfare. I don't want you going woo. I want real fanfare. Well, I'm not. (laughs) That guy was great. Okay, we'll get back to, to Bryson. Okay, Anthony and I went to a, to a Rangers game. Rangers played the Dodgers, and when the Dodgers are in town, Anthony goes to see them whenever he can yeah. because he's a huge Dodgers fan. So it's cool to see Max Muncy's, uh, Max Muncy's swing live. He's got a sweet swing, man. Okay. He's got a sweet swing. Sorry, I'm just thinking about his swing. Ugh, it's a great swing. It's like Popovich without the charm. No, it's Popovich with the charm. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, don't, I don't really know how to use that phrase. No, you don't. It's because it's my phrase. But we're at the game, and there's a guy that looked just like Chris Pratt. Like, I double-take so hard, he looked like 
Like Andy Dwyer, Chris Pratt. You know what I mean? For Parks and Rec? Those, those Miller Lite commercials are not working out for, yeah, <laughs> for Chris Pratt. Or they paid him in Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah. Because he looked, <laughs> he had plumped up a little bit. He was back to Andy Dwyer status. And he, he was a vendor at the Rangers game, this Chris Pratt lookalike. And so he was down um, near the, <laughs> close to home plate. And we were on uh, by the home dugout. We thought we were going to be by the visitor's dugout so we could be close to the Dodgers. That didn't work out. Whatever. I blame Anthony. So we, uh, and all of a sudden we hear, Warm nights. We look down and there's Chris Pratt selling peanuts at a ball game. It was great. Oh, and he kept doing that over and over again. Looked just like Chris Pratt. It was phenomenal. But anyway, we digress. I I, I can't imagine us doing that, going on a tangent like that. That surprised me. Anyway, so this guy, Bryson James Aldrich DeChambeau, he won a couple of golf tournaments over the last couple of weeks. And he's stinky good because his name isn't Tiger Woods or Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy or whatever two or three other golfers that you know. Because as we know, if you're a golfer not named those names and you win, you're a sneaky good golfer. Yeah. But uh, you know what the thing I love most about DeChambeau? His name? No. Oh. All of his irons are the same length, right? So if you've ever played golf before, you know that the 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 higher lofted clubs, the one that hit, hit shorter, like your sandwich, pitching wedge... Nine iron, eight iron. They're they're shorter than your long irons. Your one iron, two iron, three iron, four iron, right? But Deschambeau is of the opinion that if they're all the same length, then I swing the same way. I you know if I do a practice swing with my my three iron, it's the same as doing a practice swing with my sandwich, or maybe maybe just the nine iron. I don't know what he goes to, but but all of his irons they're the same length, which is very atypical. Yeah, and not he, just in the PGA, but but in golf in general. I think he might be the only one. But one thing's for sure: if he wins a major. Everyone's going to start doing that. They're going to go to like the, yeah. the shops and be like, give me the DeChambeau. <laughs> also, with that name, Bryson James Aldrich DeChambeau, you have to play a game with a stick, right? You have to play, <laughs> you have to play uh, like polo. You have to play cricket. You have to play uh, golf. Uh, what else? What Wait, other sticks? Are sports? you just saying the preppy white sports? Yeah, that was pretty implicit. Lacrosse? Yeah, lacrosse. <laughs> yep, there's another one. Uh, I think the only exception here is hockey. Yeah, that's the not preppy white sport. <laughs> yeah, that's the other white sport. <laughs> it's the chicken. No, pork. The other white meat. It's the pork of sports. All right, we're going to fly through this last segment here. I want to talk about Serena Williams a little bit. The cat suit thing. So she wears this thing for medical reasons. It's for blood clotting and things like that, a condition that really complicated her pregnancy, right? And the French Open is like, ugh, you cannot wear that. And I don't know why. It's something about respecting the game or whatever, but, man, if it's for medical purposes, why not just let her wear that? I mean, it makes her feel good and confident. Whatever, just let her wear it. And I wonder why they singled her out when it came to this. Also, the whole, like, the women have to wear skirts thing, I, it kind of makes me feel a little creepy. Like, at least let them wear shorts. Yeah. They're wearing shorts underneath anyways. Like... I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. So so tennis people like ease up on the whole like dress code thing. Like it's just weird. Like Wimbledon, everyone wears white. That's cute. It's also a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Why are they all wearing white? In England? Mm. I don't know. Anyway, it's just a weird thing for me. Also, baseball is really heating up and getting excited. This uh, exciting. This is where baseball gets really fun. Some races are close. Some things are getting really cool. Uh, Jason Degrom has an eight and eight record, but he has the best ERA in baseball <laughs> because. Mets. <laughs> no run support. No, absolutely none. Yeah, he goes out there, he pitches a gem night after night after night, and wins half the time uh, because he can't get any runs. 
So there was a video released recently that's hilarious. You know those reveals, like the gender reveals where the guy would hit a golf ball yeah. or something? Well, yeah. they, they showed one on Twitter where uh, this wife, like, softball tosses a guy of softball. He swings at it and misses, and, and it pops <laughs> and it's blue. And a guy tweeted and said, congratulations, it's a Met. <laughs> and it's so true. I feel bad for DeGrom. Um, Bryce Harper, uh, yesterday or the day before, I forget, uh, bottom of the ninth inning, he had a game-tying uh, mm. home run. And then in the bottom of the 10th, he had a game-winning sacrifice fly. I love Bryce Harper. Yeah, Harper's awesome. We'll see. I'm, I'm really excited for the offseason to see where he ends up. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting offseason. And I'm excited for uh, fall baseball. It's going to be great this year. Yeah. So in the American League, you got basically you basically have the postseason set. Uh, it's possible that, that the Mariners sneak in. Or the Rays if they get super hot, but but as of right now, it looks like Red Sox, Indians, Astros are in, and New York and the A's are going to play the wild card game. Uh, in the NL, though, much different story. You've basically got um, like seven, eight teams that could all, any of them could win their division. They could end up in the wild card. Or they could miss the playoffs entirely. So just 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 uh, for example, three days ago, the Diamondbacks were winning the National League West. Two days ago, the Dodgers were winning the National League West. And as of last night, the Colorado Rockies are winning the National League West. Yeah, the NL, They're all within a game of each other. Yeah, the NL races are going to be super exciting. And in the in the, uh, the playoffs, the NL is going to be super exciting. But the AL has the best teams. Yeah. So according to Tim Kirkchin, he thinks the NL playoff races and the NFL pl- uh, NL playoffs themselves are going to be really interesting because they're, they're really close. They're like really competitive. But the AL is going to be the best baseball because the best teams are out there. So that's something to watch for. But if anyone knows this, it's Timmy. It's the hot team that wins. So whoever is the hottest in October, who cares what their record was? Sorry, this is just you making a plug and, and hoping. This is just you hoping that the Dodgers are going to get hot and win. This, that's where this is going, right? Justin Turner will not be denied this year. All right, sure. All right. David, what? there's a crack in the case. What? Which case? Oh, oh, uh, the case? The case. Hit me with it. The Swedish jewel heist. There's no other case. <laughs> okay. So apparently one of the criminals, he's one of the dastardly masterminds. I think the word you're looking for is mastermind. Maybe they weren't as masterful as we originally thought. Oh, no. Okay. So one of them, after cracking the glass, left blood on, uh, on the glass. And so... They were able to use that blood and somehow track him down. Apparently, Sweden keeps track of your blood. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and they recovered. They they apprehended one of the criminals and and recovered at least part of the the the, the stolen jewels. They hadn't fenced them yet. No. I I, I guess there's not a huge market for <laughs> for Swedish crown jewels. I don't know. I figured there would be. But okay. Further update. They didn't just run away from the museum. They rode bikes. So after the boat, they rode bikes? No, no, no. They rode bikes to the boat, but it wasn't a boat. It was two jet skis. <gasps> I love this story even more. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm so excited. I'm actually going to Sweden next week. Hold up. Hold up. I'm excited for you to go to Sweden because yes. we need a correspondent there yeah. in person. But the I'm ground. confused. The eyewitnesses, we teased about the eyewitnesses being bad eyewitnesses before, and this just confirms how terrible they were. There wasn't no boat. There were jet skis. They didn't walk to the boat. They rode a bike to the boat. These witnesses are... Super incompetent. Next week, we're going to learn that they saddled a horse <laughs> to the gondola. <laughs> Which led to an airplane. That's right. So, I, uh, yeah, so next week, I'm going to be in Sweden. We will probably not have a show just because of the time difference. It'll be difficult to record. I'm not going to record with you at midnight. Yeah, but maybe we can get a David's Hot Take Minute. 
And um, I promise to do better than I did today on the Hot Take Minute if that's the case. To the extent I apprehend the other criminal or find the remaining jewels, I will provide an update. Okay, and I'll update that in the Hot Take Minute. Okay. Fantastic. All right, good show. All right, see you next week. Well, not you. You'll be in Sweden. No, you won't see me next week. If I do see you next week, there's a problem. FaceTime. Okay. <laughs>